I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. Bathroom issues. Let's talk about this uncomfortable topic. We have all been there as runners. Mid-run, then bam, the urge to use the bathroom suddenly hits us. It's every runner's worst nightmare to be mid-race and have bathroom issues. Nothing like training hard for six months for an event, only to have to take several minutes off of your time because you have to stop to use the bathroom in the middle of a race. Talk about frustrating. So today I have with me Jason Phillippe, who has been running for over 20 years of his life, and he has been coaching for the last 10 years. He has ran several marathons himself, qualified for Boston many times, so we know how important it is that you don't have to stop during a marathon to use the bathroom. Um, Every second counts when you're going after specific time goals like qualifying for Boston or even just trying to run a certain time. It's super frustrating to have to stop to use the bathroom. I myself have ran 19 marathons and Luckily, I have only had to make a few pit stops in all of my recent experience at a bathroom, Um, but we're just talking about this subject today because it is something that a lot of people do struggle with from time to time, and it's probably something that has impacted everyone at some point in their life. Um, It's something that we all do, but it's rarely talked about, and so we just kind of wanted to dive into this topic, Um, so maybe if you're not interested or you're not hoping to hear about um, bowel movements at all during your podcast this morning or whenever you're listening, maybe this is an episode to skip and maybe go to a different one because we are going to be maybe talking about things that are a little bit more uncomfortable for people um, and we're just going to dive right into this conversation So Jason, I wanted to kick things off with you because you have been running for such a long time, Um, you know, over 20 years and you've been coaching for 10 years. And I know personally, because I know you, um, that you don't typically have a lot of bathroom issues when it comes to race day. So I wanted you to kind of think over your history. Have you ever had to stop for a bathroom during a race or what is your typical routine? Yeah. Um, you know, thinking back to the only, I think probably two times I've stopped two or three times, actually stopped to use the bathroom. It was always during a marathon. Um, one of those, two of those marathons, I was actually trying to race and do the very best that I could. Um, so that was at Chicago back in 2012, where I had my PR, I think 
think I stopped pretty early. It was around mile five or six. Um, probably took no more than a minute. Just had to go pee and then jump back out on the course. Um, and then a few years later at Vegas, I think I had to make two stops, um, both again to go pee. And then, um, and then at Disney when I was just kind of running for fun, I think there was a similar story there. But I've never had to actually stop to you know make a bowel movement during a race. I've found that um, I've been pretty fortunate over the years to try try and um, you know pr- practice my pre race routine, um, which definitely involves um, you know trips to the bathroom before warm up, after warm up, that sort of thing. Um, a little bit harder for a marathon because you're typically not doing a warm up to the duration that you would for like a 5k. Um, and sometimes your body doesn't know that it needs to expend, you know, excrete that, um, until you're in the race, right. Or you've been running, you've been kind of, your body's been, um, you know, getting that impact on the ground for a number of minutes. So I think that sometimes does it for people. And, um, so yeah, I guess we'll, we'll kind of, dive in and keep talking about this. Um, definitely a fun topic. It's kind of funny because when you were saying that you have stopped during a marathon, I was actually surprised. I, I didn't know that, or maybe I did and I forgot, but I feel like it's not something that people usually talk about. Um, like how you mentioned, yeah, I stopped to pee during my marathon PR. Um, the first time I actually qualified for Boston, there were no porta potties at the start. They kind of bust us out 10 minutes before the race. There were no, no porta potties there. It's like they kind of expected you to go before you got on that bus. Um, it was only a hundred person race, but I did have to stop at mile four to pee. Also, um, like you, I've never had to stop during a full marathon to go number two or to have a bowel movement. I've never had those sort of issues um, in a full marathon, but I have unfortunately had them in a half um, or other other distance races and just doing workouts. I mean, there's just been so many times during workouts, um, but luckily, yeah, during a race, I feel like this topic is weird because before a race, like we will go, it's like our body kind of knows to go. And I don't know if it's like part of like our nervous system response to understanding that, hey, it's race day. Like, we got to go to the bathroom. Um, we got to kind of clean out house here. But I think, you know, the first couple of years I was running and really into racing, I just couldn't like make my body go on demand, right? Like it was kind of um, hard and almost would make it harder to go to the bathroom when you're trying to force it sort of thing. And I remember this very specific example in 2013, we were all up at grandma's half marathon and there were several of us sharing um kind of like a apartment sort of airbnb type situation um back then there was an airbnb but it was something similar um and a lot of us were all kind of sharing this one bathroom um and i knew like okay this is your last chance to go or you're going to have to go into porta potty and like i just could not go and like the pressure was on it was so early in the morning and i think my body just wasn't awake yet i i probably didn't really eat anything to help kick things off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go to the bathroom. Um, and the more that I was thinking about it, the worse it was getting, right? I was like, I I just, I I haven't gone. Or if I did go, it was like a very small amount. And then there I was at the start line, not having gone to the bathroom that whole morning. Um, and honestly, I felt totally fine until about mile, I think it was like eight or nine, all of a sudden like hit me like a brick wall, like stomach cramps. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go right now. Mid-race, I ended up stopping, 
I think two uh, two separate porta potties just because like when it does hit you, sometimes it can cause um, a lot of issues. But yeah, so that's my one like bathroom horror story. Um, I still ended up you know being able to finish within a reasonable time, but. I, I don't even know how long I was stopped for. It seemed like it was forever when you're going through it and you're you're so upset because there goes your time goal out the window. Um, and I know that like, I had a really specific time I wanted to run and it just totally got um, derailed when I had to stop. And I felt, I felt like embarrassed almost, like ashamed that this was even happening because then I knew at the finish line when people asked me about my time, like I was going to have to tell them that I stopped in the bathroom. And it's just like something you have no control over or at least it seems like it. So how have you avoided these stops over the years? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, oh my gosh, you've ran so many marathons and you've never had to stop going, you've never had to stop during a marathon to go to the bathroom or you, I don't even think you've had to stop during a half or any sort of distance race to go to the bathroom. So how does someone avoid that? Because I know that you've had to stop on runs. It's not like you're immune to digestive issues. Like I know you stopped on long runs. I know you stopped on workouts. I know you've cut workouts short because of this. Um, so how do you avoid it on race day? Yeah, good point. Um, you know, I've had my fair share of workouts and long runs and just everyday runs where I've had to stop and go number two. So it's not like I haven't had to deal with it, but yeah, during races, I guess, for me, there's always been this buildup of time, um, you know, where I'm just, I guess my body's in kind of a nervous state. And this probably dates back to when I was, you know, competing at the high school level and then college level. And, you know, back then you had all this time to, you get to the event and you kind of wait around before your warm up and then, um, you know, all that. So there was always enough time to use that. And I think my body over time just got really good at, um, you know, doing what it needed to do to make sure I felt good, uh, when I, when I headed to the start line. And, um, I guess I've kind of practiced the same routine approaching races. Um, I only get concerned nowadays, like if the race is a super early start time, like a 6am. Uh, but then again, we're up at like three, usually or three thirty, trying to make sure, you know, we're eating, we're, we're hydrating, we're going to the bathroom. Um, I would say in the days leading up to the race too, I'm just really focused on, kind of not changing anything with my diet, making sure I'm eating what I know is going to, um, you know, sit well with me make sure, um, my morning breakfast is, is pretty standard and I don't deviate from that too much. Cause I don't want to have something that's going to cause like GI distress during the race. So, um, yeah, but during like a daily run with, if it happens, it happens, I guess the reason it would happen then is probably because, um, you know, I maybe had coffee that morning or I just was like busy doing other stuff. And I wasn't really like preparing, making it a priority to like focus on it as much. Right. Um, but when that's your, when you're at a race, I mean, that's the number one focus. Um, and so just kind of making sure you're allowing yourself enough time. That's kind of what I've learned over the years. Right. Definitely. Um, and I do think sometimes when people like overthink it and they start putting a lot of pressure on themselves, it can almost make it harder to go to the bathroom. So I think really what you're saying is that you focus a lot more on your nutrition and your hydration in those days leading up to the race. And you're really just on the ball with things. Whereas, you know, before a workout, it's like, maybe you didn't get a great sleep. Maybe you were a little dehydrated the day before. Maybe you kind of were withholding liquid. So you wouldn't have to stop to pee during the workout. Um, Maybe you just, you know, had 
a typical meal that you wouldn't normally have, like you went out to eat, you got some fast food, something like that. Um, those things can all kind of cause those GI issues on like the day to day, right? You're not being as careful. Um, or, you know, being parents, it's like, well, maybe you woke up, you, you, you held it in a little bit longer than you should because you were helping the kids get ready or whatever it is. Um, those things can all lead to a little bit of GI distress because if you hold it in when really you're supposed to just be able to go to the bathroom when you feel that even the smallest urge to go, um, that can all lead to GI distress later. Um, That being said, when you are prepping for a race, I think when you're getting in that environment where you're really focusing on proper hydration, proper nutrition, um, having that routine where you're allowing for that extra time to maybe go to the bathroom. Because in the day-to-day hustle and bustle, it's like you wake up, you're getting the kids ready, you're getting food ready. You just don't have sometimes even like a minute to go to the bathroom where you're like, let's hold it in, right? But the idea is that before a race, you would allow yourself that extra time, that extra relaxation to enjoy, you know, your breakfast in the morning, let your digestive system kind of kick things off, um, to enjoy your coffee, if that's something that you drink, um, and let your digestive system start to move. And I, I know how you were saying about the races that have the earlier start times that can be a lot harder for people because if you're not used to waking up at, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. and your race is at 6 a.m., well, you're throwing your whole body off. And so one of the really key buzzwords, I think, lately is people's circadian, ryth- circadian rhythms. So the idea is that your body has this internal clock and it knows when it's supposed to go to bed. It knows when it's supposed to wake up and you're supposed to consistently go to bed and wake up at the same time sort of thing. And honestly, I feel like our digestive systems almost have a similar rhythm, right? It's like they they wake up when you wake up and when you start drinking water, it starts to kick things off again. And I don't know about you, but I typically go to the bathroom around the same time every day. And I think running at that consistent time every day, going to the bathroom at a consistent time every day, all of these things just help with the regularity of your digestive system and making sure that we're able to go. So um, when it comes to going to the bathroom pre-run, have you ever not been able to go or like put pressure on yourself to have to go maybe before a workout and what are some things that you've done to kind of avoid that from happening um, even on like the day-to-day of doing a workout because I know it can be a real headache for me to have a workout day and then just like for whatever reason not be able to like go to the bathroom before or just know that I feel like today is going to be a digestive issue day. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because for all those reasons we mentioned, like mentally you're just not as, um, you know, focused on, on those bathroom needs, you know, in the morning. Um, so I guess what I'll, I'll try to do is I'll, um, about 30 minutes before I'm going to go, I'll, I'll try to go. And then uh, literally like the minute or two before I'm about to go, I'll try again. If I, and I, if I still haven't, then I'm going to for sure plan a route um, where I'm going to have access to a bathroom. So it might be kind of circling back by my house or going to a certain park that I know has a porta potty. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the, the other thing would be just focusing on, um, when, when I wake up, you know, depending on if I know what time I'm going to run or not, um, kind of having a plan. So if it's a workout, I'm, I'm going to try to make, maybe plan a time frame. That way I kind of give myself that extra, you know, a couple hours to prepare. Um, if it's one of those things where like the day is just kind of 
um, going to get away from you and you realize, oh crap, something's filling up and I got to go run like right now. And so you haven't really, you know, done a good job, like uh, emptying your bladder and going to the bathroom yet, then that can be a difficult thing as well. So I would just kind of do the same thing. I would go right, right before I'm about to leave and then circle back after a mile or two or, um, or just plan a route where I know there's going to be some access. Right. And I think just as runners, you know, going out there every day running for anywhere from like 60 to 90 minutes, you kind of get familiar with where the porta potties are because, you know, I've ran through pregnancy and just having to stop to go pee is something that's somewhat regular because when I wake up in the morning, I usually will drink like 32 ounces of water upon waking up and then if you're if you're going on a run after drinking 32 ounces of water chances are you're probably gonna have to stop to go to the bathroom and I just don't have a ton of time to to wait around in the morning so sometimes I'll head out the door and you know two miles into the run oh gotta stop so I think it is really good to kind of have routes where you know porta potties are going to be or circling the house like you said because sometimes um, for people who maybe have number two problems it's like once you start running and the blood starts flowing, that's when, oh, I really have to go to the bathroom. It kind of is a an alarm goes off in, in people's minds. And so sometimes people will get so frustrated with that that maybe they would just completely shut their run off or they would just say, oh, like I have digestive issues. But it, it can be somewhat common for people. Um, and I think just having a routine that works is ideal. And, you know, on race day, if, if you can't go to the bathroom until after you do a little warm-up jog of five to ten minutes and that's you know that's what works right there's nothing wrong with um doing that and that's kind of why the porta potties are there um, before your race so that you can use them um another thing that i think is really important to note is keeping a food journal so this is something that i've used in the past to try to see if there are any um intolerances or things that really flare up your digestive system so jason have you ever noticed that after eating eating certain foods you have flare-ups or is this something that you have never really experimented with um, you know, not really. Only if I have something that's like got more fiber in it than maybe I'm used to, um, like something with a bunch of chia seeds or, um, you know, something like that. Like if I'm having a smoothie and then I'm going to go for a run like two hours later. But typically it's only if I haven't gone to the bathroom, like between the two, um, then that's going to be more of a problem. Um, I, you know, my diet, I've, I guess I'm, I've, I look, I consider myself sort of like a balanced eater. So I don't try to just only eat, you know, just healthy food. So I think I can handle a little bit of like unhealthy stuff and my gut's gotten used to that. Um, you know, and that probably is a reason dating back to like college days when we could just eat whatever we wanted in the cafeteria there. And it was a buffet style every day, but, um, yeah, you know, I don't think that I've had too, you know, too many problems with that, but I do notice though, if I haven't, um, been hydrating as well. Then I'll notice I'm having more difficulty um, going number two. And so then I'll feel a little bit constipated at times. And that can be uncomfortable during runs. I'd rather just, um, you know, not have to worry. And so I've kind of learned to make sure I'm drinking plenty of liquids. um, And that helps me stay pretty regular, especially um, early in the morning. Um, And, you know, the days where I'm maybe going to run later in the day, that can be difficult because you want to typically make make a BM like within a few hours of running if you're going for like a late afternoon run. And so if your schedule is very like very crazy, like you're doing a lot of your runs in the morning and then all of a sudden you switch to an afternoon run, that can make that afternoon run be a little difficult because your body might be out of rhythm. So um, just something to think about. And, um, you know, the more consistent I think you can be with everything, your body's going to know what what's going on. 
Yeah, definitely. There were a lot of a lot of key points there, and I do think um, there are some people who this really isn't like a big issue for, and they probably have already turned off the podcast. And you're probably one of those people. Um, whereas I'm someone who has struggled with food sensitivities before. Um, my dad actually has celiac disease, so he found out he had a gluten intolerance, and he was having a lot of digestive system a digestive issue problems when he was running. Um, probably TMI, but there, you know, there's you can use your imagination as to kind of things that were going on. Um, and so, you know, after he had his diagnosis and learning that, you know, it could be genetic and stuff, I, I, I'm someone who's always kind of struggled on and off with bathroom issues. And I started to eliminate gluten from my diet in this has been 2018, um, in February of 2018. And I noticed like it was a lot easier to go to the bathroom. So that's just something that I kind of made the change for without, you know, ever getting any sort of diagnosis medically. But I do think I do have gluten sensitivity because there were a few times during um, my second pregnancy where I reintroduced gluten and I had a lot of issues. Um, and anytime like I accidentally have like, even trace amounts, small amounts, um, it, it, becomes an issue. And I think these are things that I wouldn't be able to nail down unless I was really keeping um, like a, a journal of what I was eating or really taking note of those things because people eat so many things in a day that, you know, at the end of the day, if you're feeling really gassy, bloated, whatever, you could put your, you could try to label what's the cause, but unless you are going back and being really, um, religious almost about writing down what you're eating and really paying attention to, okay, it is exactly every time I eat X, I feel like Y. Or it could be a whole category of food. So gluten is such a wide category that it's not, oh, I ate pasta. It's like, oh, I accidentally had some soy sauce that has wheat in it, right? So it's even like the smallest things um, can make a really big difference. So I think just being really aware of the type of foods you're eating, if you're someone who is struggling with chronic digestive issues, maybe seeking out, like seeing if you have some food intolerances and trying um, some sort of elimination diet to see when you reintroduce things, are you getting these flare-ups? And so if you're someone that's struggling with this um, almost daily or several times per week, it's definitely worth looking into to see if there are some food sensitivities and trying um, one of those elimination diets or even like some of those tests that you can get um, online you can even just like send in samples of uh I think like your saliva or DNA and they can do some food sensitivity testing you can always talk to your doctor about various tests um but in terms of going to the bathroom I know we kind of mentioned that it's good to have that routine and go to the bathroom before you head out the door um so just I know this might be a TMI for people but how many times do you typically go to the bathroom before you head out for a run because sometimes like if I go once I know that that's not enough um I know that if I only go once I'm gonna have to stop on the run just because there is so much that your um lower intestines they can hold it can hold so much waste and I think as you start running your body is like pushing more down the line sort of thing so how many times do you go before like a solid workout or before a marathon, for example, to ensure that I'm not going to have any issues today? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, and it kind of made me think of an extra tip that I have uh, just for the guys that'll apply for men. But I would say the magic number for me has always been three for a workout. Um, and if it's a bit, if it's like a big race, again, I'm pretty nervous. So it's not uncommon for me to go four or five times, uh, depending on the start time. 
But three is usually pretty. That's gonna that's gonna be enough for me. Two is I'm I'm not gonna like worry about it if I only go twice. But I feel like I might not feel as confident at the end of that second, you know, BM as I would at the end of that third. So like for me, a typical um, morning would be. You know, I go, I go once before I leave the house, maybe even twice, depending on how much time we're spending at home. And then I'm going to go once when I get to the race, if not twice there, again, depending on the number of, you know, how long you get there before the race. If you got to get there to pick up your packet, you might have to be there earlier. Otherwise we try to get there sometimes just 45 minutes before, um, find a place to park, go on a warm up, And then you go once before you kind of change in your racing outfit and then, um, you're ready to go. Um, but no, what I was thinking for men is, is like, there are times where I feel like I have to go pee. So I'm going to go into the bathroom and I I'll sit down and then I realize like, Oh, I can go number two. So then I do it. And so that could be a way if, if you're, um, you know, not going number two as much as you'd like, um, just force yourself to sit down even when, even when you're going number one, and that can just sometimes help feel like, Oh, okay. There is something there. I think I can get it out. Um, cause sometimes guys, you might not even know if you're always standing. So, um, yeah, I think it really boils down to the amount of time that you have. Um, and then uh, of course, like bathroom, uh, accessibility, because I know in my own home, like I don't have to worry. Um, so if it's a fairly local race, it's going to be fine. Um, if we're driving like 90 minutes or something, it might be, might be a bit different, you know? So yeah, something to think about. Yeah, and it's just funny listening to your experiences. And I know that you go in porta potties before the race, but for me personally, I have to be done going number two before I leave the house. Like I do not rely on going at the race. Like it's it's too too many people. Like I start to get like tense, you know. And like when you're tense and you're nervous, you can't really go. So I think the biggest thing is like allowing your body to kind of relax and not be so tense. Um, and if that means going at home more, I think maybe giving yourself a little bit of time um, to do stuff like that instead of forcing at the porta potty. Because I know some people maybe are like me and they can't necessarily force themselves to go in a porta potty. Um, another thing that is somewhat common for people who maybe have digestive issues. So I know sometimes if you don't go a lot before the race, you will have to stop during the race. And sometimes when you have to stop during a race or a workout to go to the bathroom, it's not smooth sailing, right? It turns into more of like a mess and, and then you have to go and you have to stop again. And sometimes you're caught in this trap of, oh my gosh, I have to hit like every single porta potty every mile. Um, and it, it's coming out not in a good way. It's not like you had to make one stop. It's like all of a sudden you're cramping. You feel like you are constantly having to go. Maybe there's like some diarrhea issues involved there. Um, and it can just be really uncomfortable for runners to have to go through that because all they want to do is run and you don't want to have to like worry about all of this bathroom issue. And I know sometimes people will take, um, before they run, they'll say, oh, like I've had athletes that say, oh, I'm going to take ammonium or ammonium, it'll help me not go to the bathroom. And so essentially that is something that stops diarrhea um, and that's something that should pretty much only be taken for that reason. So what are your thoughts on taking that sort of pill before a workout or race? I have my own thoughts on it. I would say no, don't do that. It would probably be better for you to just try to go and if 
you can't go, then, you know, maybe you can bring it with you if there is some sort of dire emergency situation where you do end up getting diarrhea when you're running. But wouldn't it be better just to go and relieve it as opposed to try to like hold it in or like force your body to not, I just, it's, it's, it's always a hard topic to approach with people because all of athletes will be like, oh no, it'll be fine. I don't have to go before the race. I'll just take an Imodium. So it basically prevents them from going to the bathroom. Yeah, this is a tricky one. Cause obviously I don't have any experience taking it. Um, and I, I probably never would, um, or recommend it for people that have already been taking it and they're somewhat used to it. They must, it must be working for them. That must give them like the confidence that they're going to be able to do the race without having to go. Um, but I don't think I'd ever say, Hey, yeah, you should try this to someone that hasn't. <laughs> um, you know, I like what you said. It's better to just, if you got to go, then go. And, and, you know, sometimes stopping for the two or three minutes, you're going to get, you might get most of that time back if you're not focused on that part when you're running because sometimes that can really affect you run and slow you down and that's always what I tell myself during a marathon even if it's like you're gonna have to pee like I'd rather just go get it over with rather than have to worry about it and then um that's probably gonna slow up your pace and your your focus and concentration on the race um and then I know, I know there's the opposite pill right the pill that makes you go to the bathroom like colas um oh gosh, I, I know no, some no, people no. may take that like before a run but no. I I would say the same to that <laughs> Um, I know you're probably familiar with both of those cause you've taken those, but I have ne- never taken either one. So I can't speak to that. Like I'm some sort of expert. Oh my gosh. No, I would not take a diuretic. And the reason I have taken Colace in the past, so that's a, basically a diuretic. So, you know, a lot of people have heard of like Miralax or something that makes you go to the bathroom, right? Um, they give those to women, um, after they give birth to kind of help them go to the bathroom because you're inactive for a couple of days and, you know, things are just a little bit different. So they, they give that to you um, in the hospital and it does help. But yeah, I would never, ever take that before a run just because I think that running in and of itself um, exacerbates, you know, digestive stuff. And I wouldn't want to end up, you know, with whatever medicine in my uh, digestive tract, you know, signaling to my body, hey, you got to go to the bathroom. Even if there's nothing in there, it's just like probably it would lead to cramps or whatever. Um, another thing that is, yeah, in the, the modium I have taken before, like when I actually do have a stomach bug or like I ate gluten or I ha- I'm having some sort of um, weird allergic response to a food I ate. I've taken a modium just like on the day to day so that I don't have to like be going to the bathroom every five minutes. <laughs> um, cause you know, people who have gluten sensitivities or food sensitivities, they probably can relate to what I'm saying, but that's something I would take outside of running. Um, uh, I don't think that you should, you know, have to take a certain pill in order to run or to go to the bathroom before a run. I think it would, it would be better for you to really dive into, you know, what am I eating? What's causing these flare ups, those sort of things and kind of get answers because otherwise you're just putting a bandaid on something that maybe doesn't even need to be an issue for you. And maybe there's underlying reasons for what's going on there. So I'm always someone who's an advocate for like digging a little deeper. Is there a reason instead of like covering up with a bandaid? But of course, sometimes desperate times, desperate measures, um, you haven't figured it out by the time your race starts and that's what you've been doing, then do whatever you've been doing. Um, another thing that a lot of people 
will report. And this is more Instagram messages I've gotten from people over the years just because we have that Run for PR's Instagram account. Um, a lot of that content, it, it almost seems like it's, you know, generated by a robot. But no, like we're real people. We run that account, right? Um, we create all the content. I respond to all the messages. But I think that on that account, people feel comfortable asking whatever sort of questions. And I do get asked from time to time, you know, why do I always have to stop after mile X to go to the bathroom? And usually it seems to be around an hour or people will say, I can't do a long run because, you know, after mile six, mile nine, 90 minutes, two hours, whatever, I'm having bathroom issues. Um, So do you have any experience where that's the case for you? Or I know that you've ran with a lot of other people from time to time. Do you know any any friends who have that issue? Um, is that something that's like relatively common if you're not going enough before? You know, I was trying to recall a time that that maybe has happened to me. And I would say it's very rare. It might have happened once or twice, you know, in a long training run years ago, but it, nothing that stands out. And I think, you know, the the reason why is just over time, you you kind of perfect, I guess, the routine and, and your approach to using bathrooms and, um you know, I think a lot of the people I run with, they've been lifelong runners. So they probably started running in high school or college. And I think they've just gotten used to, um, you know, dealing with most of that before the run, the run starts. And it, I, I guess we've made stops, you know, early on in the run, typically like first mile or two. And I think that's normal, especially if you're driving somewhere to meet up with a group of people. And so, um, you know, they've been sitting in a car, they haven't had a chance to go, but that late in the run, I don't really, um, I don't really know that that's usually a, a common issue. Um, I think it could be just, yeah, thinking about your, just your bathroom um, stops within that last, like maybe, I don't know, four to six hours, I think I would say. Yeah, definitely. And I think because you've been running for so long, it's like you and maybe some of your running buddies, it's like you're desensitized. You're such professionals at going to the bathroom. Um, I feel like my experiences are just totally different. I personally remember when I first started running, um, you know, there was even a time I can think of right off the top of my head, like in 2012 or 2013, I was running around the lakes. You kind of caught up with me at the end of a run and I was just like, I couldn't talk to you. And you're like, what's the deal? Like, why is she running so fast? Why is she not talking? Um, and I was like, I have to go like now, like I had to go so bad, but I was still like a mile away from the nearest porta potty. Um, and yeah, like I, I think I had even called you a couple times. Like this is back in like 2012, 2013. I called you a couple times to like come and get me from Iran because I was going to literally poop my pants. Like <laughs> these are things that I think people struggle with. And that's the thing is. Um, it didn't really hit me until, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 miles into a run. And then all of a sudden when it does hit you, it's like, oh my gosh, I really have to go immediately. Um, and so I can relate to people who maybe do have that issue. And I think the biggest thing over the years that I learned was that if I'm not going enough before it's going to hit during the run. Right. So I tried to just be more regular with what I was eating, be more regular with going to the bathroom before and giving myself the opportunity to go to the bathroom before, because I never really thought it was an issue. I thought, you know, I went this morning and then I would go on my run at like noon or whatever, um, on a Sunday. And I, it's like, I needed to go 
in between those two times. And because I didn't, my body asked to go during the run. And so it's not really something that's, there's nothing like wrong with you. You have to stop at mile nine to go to the bathroom. Um, running a long distance, it, it does a number on your body. And one of those things maybe just is speeding up your digestive system. So I think one of the things you can do is allowing yourself the opportunities and like the grace to just go to the bathroom um, and know that practice makes perfect. So no one just is born perfect at going to the bathroom before a run or without any sort of digestive issues. The biggest thing you can do is just give yourself the opportunity to go and just know that you're not alone, right? Um, And I know sometimes these topics and these sort of questions are things that maybe we silently struggle with because it's not really something that we can openly talk to with other people. So that's why I think working with a coach and just being surrounded by an online community like Team Run for PRs is really great. And we have coaches that you can ask this sort of questions or even even more TMI questions too. And we have heard it all. We talk about this stuff every single day with our athletes and it's something totally not to be ashamed of and it happens to people. And so that's why sometimes working with a coach can be fun because you can bring up things that maybe have been holding you back in the past, like bathroom issues or nutrition issues. Maybe it's self-belief issues, just things that maybe you're putting under the rug and you just don't know how to address them. Um, Coaches have worked with athletes on pretty much every single issue imaginable under the sun when it comes to running. And we can definitely help with tips and giving ideas. Um, And that's why I think it's really cool and that we do run coaching online. So if you're ever curious about working with a coach, maybe you have some questions that you'd like to have answered, or you just want to see what it's like to have a training plan with us, we do offer a free seven-day trial. So if you want to check that out or just get talking with us right away, you can fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.co, and we can get started on your free seven-day trial right away. So thanks for tuning in.